number seven. Chapter number seven. We're, uh, man, we're all in the Sermon on the Mount these days, ain't we? Uh, that is the last chapter of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, of course, we're in our home builders class tonight. Uh, Matthew chapter seven. Uh, I, I'll read it. We'll read it together. Uh, I'm going to give you the last section tonight uh, on uh, on the foundation stage. Foundation stage. And then we'll be moving out, moving on to the framing stage of home building. And uh, I'm as excited about getting there as you are because uh, I don't know what all that's going to look like. The Lord will have to help us. And uh, I believe he will. He has thus far. Uh, I, hope you've, I hope you've gleaned. I hope you've grown. I hope you've made application in your life. I hope you've uh, applied these things uh, to your home. Uh, if the church... Is not the is not the oh goodness what's the word I'm looking for? If the church is not leading the way uh, in the home business, who is? Uh, if the Christian is not uh, is not the example uh, to society, of course we know they're not as far as people are looking. But if society has no Christian homes, what does society look like? Uh, we, we, I, I can't change the society around me, uh, but I want my home to be right, whatever that home looks like, if there's children in it. Uh, one of these days, my children are, are going to leave our home, and then me and my wife will have to figure out how uh, home looks uh, when there are no children in it anymore. I can promise you this much, it looks different now with a 13 and a 16-year-old than it did with a 3 and a 6-year-old. Uh, it has changed. Uh, and it's good, uh, but, but it's always changing. Um, but I want it to be what God wants it to be. So we've spent some time looking at the foundation stage. Let's, let's read it together. Matthew 7, verse number 24. Therefore, and let me say, let me say this. I think I've said it in, in studies gone by, times past. I think I have. Let me, uh, let me say it again tonight. Um, the, 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 the subject matter of Matthew 7 is not building a Christian home. Uh, the subject matter of Matthew chapter 7 is not if you do this, you'll have a Christian home. If you don't do this, you'll have a home and it's going to fall apart and you're going to lose your kids and you're going to lose your mind. That's not the subject matter. The subject matter is there are two foundations. You can build your life uh, on, on the world's foundation or you can build your life on God's foundation. You can, you can, uh, you can, and it's really not even a gospel message. Jesus is going to give a gospel message later on, but right now he's dividing and saying you're either, you're either, you're either going to build your life on the will of God, or you're going to build your life on your will, and whatever you do is going to determine the outcome of your life. Uh, we're simply taking this text and making application to the Christian home. Because all scripture is given by inspiration and is profitable. I can profit by making application from this text. We're not trying to uh, take anything out of context tonight. Uh, just simply making application uh, that if it's true, if I build my life upon that which is of Jesus, then my life, uh, my, my, if, if my salvation is based on Jesus, then I have real salvation, Right? 
If it's based on worldly philosophy, when the wind comes, it's gonna blow that down. Uh, if I build my life on the truth of the word of God, then when trouble comes, it will stand. If I build it on world philosophy, it will fall. Then wouldn't you go as far as to say, if I build my Christian home on the truth of the word of God, it can stand in opposition to that which I would do uh, if, I, if I built my home that was not built. Uh, on the word of God and the foundation that stands. So uh, just keep that in mind. Therefore, verse 24, chapter seven, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Uh, so we have spent several weeks and I think it's been three or four weeks since we've uh, been uh, in our home builders class, different things going on. I was out of the country. Uh, but we've spent several weeks uh, dealing with the foundation stage. Uh, let's, let's get it right from the start uh, so we can have something to build upon. Uh, and tonight, uh, we're going to review briefly uh, and then I'm gonna give you the last thought and close out the foundation stage. Uh, we, we looked at the priority of a solid foundation. Uh, it is first, uh, let's get that right, uh, and we, we want to build our home on the word of God. Uh, what you think don't hold water. What you were taught may be wrong. What you feel is subject to change. Uh, what can I stand on? I can stand on the solid word of God. Uh, that, is, uh, that is the priority. Uh, what does God say? What does God... Well, every, every father in here, uh, every father in here tonight uh, should ask God earnestly and ask God often, what do you want from me? You tell me, I'll do it. I need you if this is gonna work. Uh, I need you if this is going to last. I need help. Uh, what do you want from me? I'm willing to do it, but I need your help. Every mother, uh, in here tonight uh, ought, to, uh, ought to make up your mind and you ought to ask God earnestly, honestly, openly, what do you want from me? If there's, if there's ways in my life that need change, show them to me so I can change them. Be pliable, be flexible in the hand of God. Don't be stubborn uh, in your will, but be pliable in the hand of God. Every wife, Every adult, every person in here tonight that ought to be, I need you, God, at the foundation of everything that I'm doing or what I'm doing is not gonna last. Do you, do you understand? It is priority. Uh, and, and then we looked at the pattern of a solid foundation and that was that Jesus is the pattern. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. Jesus is the pattern. And, if we, and we looked at that chief cornerstone uh, and, and, and what that represented, uh, uh, I think we're, no, you wasn't with me, Jeff. Um, I, I, it was my brother Caleb that was with me 
a couple of trips ago, I went to Albania and we went over into Greece, me and Caleb and Brother Aaron, and we went to Philippi and the ancient city is still, still there. Uh, of course, most of the walls have come down where they've excavated and, and, and the foundation is still there in the ancient city of Philippi uh, and, and, and everything that was built above ground uh, was built uh, based off of the chief cornerstone that was set it was leveled, it was, it was made to, uh, to uh, build off of, and then every direction, uh, north, uh, south, east, west, whatever direction you were going in building, uh, it was built off of that chief cornerstone. If Jesus is the chief cornerstone of your life, when we get off track, we have something to look back to and pull ourselves back in. Uh, if our home gets uh, wobbly, are warped, uh, we can realize we got offline somewhere. Let's, let's, let's run the chalk line and let's make sure that we're keeping this thing right uh, according to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the chief cornerstone. I don't know how much help I'm gonna be if I am what you're basing your family or your marriage or your because uh, you might say something like this, well, uh, you know, Brother Josh, he, he, uh, uh, he, he, he's a little hypocritical here, or uh, Brother Josh, I've I seen him struggle here, uh, but here's the deal, your pastor is not uh, who you're building this off of, Jesus is, uh, and he'll keep you straight, he'll keep, he'll keep your home in line. Uh, the, 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 the old saying, what would Jesus do, which you know, probably would do opposite of everything that we think that he would do when we put on our bracelet. And I'm not against the bracelet, but he's probably gonna do opposite of everything that we think that he would do. Uh, but but it, it, it is a Bible concept. What What is the characteristics of Christ? That's what I need in my home as a father. That's what I need in my home if you're a mother. That's what you need in your home if you're a, if you're a child living in that home. I need, I need to be in line with the word of God. And then we looked at the pressure the last couple of times we met the pressure uh, of a solid foundation. Uh, it endured the, the uh, wind, uh, which were the storms of life. It endured the rain, which represented the blessings of life. And it endured, uh, it endured the floods, uh, which represented the attacks of the enemy. Uh, there's a lot of pressure uh, daily coming against your home that's why we need a solid foundation. Tonight, let's close out. Uh, let's look at the product of a solid foundation. The product. Um, let me give you some things tonight to remember. All right? I want to give you, uh, I, and if you write down, I want you to write these down. I want you to take them home with you, and I want you to consider them some things to remember uh, as we talk about the product. And, and what, what do I mean by that? I mean, what is it that you're planning on? What is it that you want to produce in your home? Uh, what is your end goal? Uh, all right, you got children, what are you gonna do with them? All right, you got a wife, well, you got her. What you gonna do with her? You didn't think that through. You just wanted her. What are you gonna do now that you got her? Uh, y'all talk back to me a little bit. Y'all are so scared, man. Bless your heart. You got her. She's yours. What are you going to do with her? 
All right, ladies, you, you, wanted a, you wanted a man. Well, you got one. Now what you gonna do with him? Is he not everything that you wanted? I just wanted a man. Yeah, you did, and you got him. What's the end goal? Well, I don't know. I didn't think that far through. Uh, you wanted children so you could build a white picket fence and let them play in the yard. Well, you got them. Now what? Uh, there's a lot that comes with it. It's kind of like you wanted a puppy. Well, now you got one. Of course, the life of children is a lot greater than a puppy or the life of a spouse is a lot greater. But there's responsibility that you wasn't planning on. Right? I, I, didn't, I, didn't know they, I, didn't, I didn't know they made a mess in the floor like every other minute. I didn't know they was going to chew up my expensive couch that I bought with my single money. I never had single money. Uh, I wanted to. I didn't get to be single long enough to have money and, and work. I, I was single in Bible college, but you can't have single money in Bible college. And then me and her got married, and we just had poor married money. Uh, and, and just, just, and the Lord's blessed. And they, I don't have money, but we got blessings. Uh, but, but that couch you bought, and and you just wanted that little puppy, and now you got it. What are you going to do with it? Well, I didn't think that far through. What What is the end goal? What What, what are you producing? Uh, well, we just we just producing people that breathe. That's what most people are producing. Stuff that breathes takes up oxygen. Eats potato chips. Uh, I, I want them to do a little more than that, right? I, I mean, I want something out of them. I want something productive. I, I want something productive out of my marriage. I want it to work. I want something productive out of my children. Uh, I'm going to have to have some stuff right if I'm going to end up with something right. You don't get that by accident. Anything worth having is hard work. Anything worth having is costly. Uh, here's some things to remember tonight. Number one, and I say this a little tongue in cheek. Tongue in cheek. I can't talk tonight. You'll uh, you'll understand here in a minute. But but let me just give it to you. Just because you did everything right, doesn't guarantee that everything will be right. I think you need to remember that. I need to remember that. Just because you do everything right does not guarantee that everything's going to end up right. Uh, let, let, me, let me explain that tonight. Uh, I, I, I was, uh, well, I, I, I won't give that illustration, but um, you, 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 can, you can do the right thing and, and, and your spouse still do the wrong thing. You can do the right thing and your children still do the wrong thing. You, you, you cannot uh, say, well, I, I did this and it was right and therefore uh, everything behind that ought to always be right because that's not life. Uh, here, here's an illustration. Uh, Jesus, or God, uh, did everything right, and he put man in a garden. But man had two things that caused his fall. He had a will and he had a way. God gave man a will, and Adam, God had two children, and both of them went astray. Adam and Eve, they had a will, 
and they had a way. They had a will to do what they wanted and, and the devil made sure they had a way to do opposite of what God wanted them to do. God did everything right, but it didn't guarantee everything would be right. And certainly for a time in the garden, it wasn't right. And so I'll say to you again, you can do everything right, but it don't guarantee everything's gonna end up right. I would even go as far to say this tonight. Um, you, you, you You can do everything right, but those children, that person you're married to has a will of their own and, and, and you wouldn't want it any other way. Uh, it wouldn't work any other way, but because they have a will of their own, they can be opposite of everything that you did right. Now, I said a minute ago, I said I said this a little tongue in cheek because here's the second thing I want you to remember, the second thing I want you to write down. You didn't do everything right. Number one, I said you can do everything right and it does not guarantee that it will end right. But number two, you didn't do everything right. Oh, a good amen would be in order right there, I think. You didn't do everything right. Who, how proud are we that we could even boast and say, I did everything right. Really? Would you please sign my Bible? And, and, and write a book and I want to read how you did everything right. As a child, you didn't do everything right. Huh? Now I know some of you have lied to your kids because you want them to think that be ye holy as I am holy. But you didn't do it all right. I didn't. I don't tell my kids all the stuff that I did. When I was a child, bless God we did this. And I'm like, you liar, liar, pants on fire, hanging from a telephone wire. When you was a child, you were an idiot. Didn't do it all right. You didn't do it all right. Uh, as, a, as a husband, there's no way I could ever say I did it all right. Impossible. You didn't do it all right. As a, as a father, uh, I didn't get it all right. I still don't get it right. I get it wrong a lot. I hate that because then the Holy Ghost makes me apologize. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if it makes you, but the Holy Ghost living in me makes me apologize. I'm sorry. I didn't get it right. I have to apologize to my wife. I don't like it. I have to apologize to my children. I don't like it. It's easier to apologize to my wife, and that's hard. I mean, it's hard. I want to win. I want to be right. I don't want to be wrong. It's hard. I don't like it. Um, it's even harder to do it to children, um, especially ones that think they know everything. I've got a video of Levi when he was a baby. Uh, have I told you all this story? I need to tell you something. I can tell y'all either either the content is just is boring you or, or or my statement you didn't do everything right. You're hung up on that. Are y'all all right? Bless your hearts. Uh, Levi, we got a video. He was a baby, and uh, our, we had a recliner, and I don't remember what was wrong with it. But in the video, I have it turned upside down. I don't even remember this happening. Uh, it's been that long ago. The recliner's turned upside down, and I'm working on it. 
and, and, and Levi comes over, and his mama's videotaping him. And he's like, move out of the way, Daddy. It's like, you're a year and a half. You can barely talk. What? what? Let me fix it. I was like, son, go sit down. No, move out of the way. You don't know what you're doing, Daddy. I know how to fix it. I mean, this stuff, this stuff goes way back. You, you, you don't know what you're doing. I said, you think I don't know what I'm doing? I didn't. But he didn't either. You think, I didn't, I don't think I even fixed it. You don't think, I know what, no, you don't know what you're doing. Move, I'll fix it. Just go shut up and go sit down somewhere. Uh, go on. That's <laughs> a, a, been a long process of life. Uh, it's hard to say to somebody who knows it all, you were right. Uh, I, I, I think I would rather eat nails uh, and sleep on a bed of them than tell him. But man, this, I just don't get it all right all the time. You don't either. Number one, just because you did everything right does not mean that everything's gonna be right in the end. Number two, just go ahead and admit you didn't do it all right. You didn't do it all right. I, I had to call my daddy. I've had to do it several times throughout the years, and my daddy's done this to me, actually. I remember one time I was in North Augusta, and my daddy, I, I was on the phone with him, and my daddy said to me, and my daddy's not even a Christian man, really. I, I mean, it's not they don't believe in God, but they don't practice, he don't go to church. He he's not, he's not a, a operating Christian and, and I remember telling my dad, we were talking, and my dad said, son, I, I'm sorry. I said, for what? He said, uh, I, I discouraged you when you went to Bible college. I told you it wasn't going to work. He said, I was wrong. He said, I don't know what you've done, but it's worked, and I'm sorry. I was wrong. You know what he was saying? I didn't do it all right. I, I, I had to call him the other day. And I was riding down the road thinking this probably been a couple months ago, two or three months ago. We were talking, and I said, uh, I said, before we get off here, I said, I need to tell you something. He said, what? I said, I'm sorry. I said, uh, I, was, uh, I was rebellious as a teenager. I was self-righteous rebellious as a teenager. I was the only one trying to live for God in my home at the time, and I used that to my advantage uh, and, and, and I acted like uh, I was better than the rest of them and, and I caused a division and I said the truth of the matter is if I'd have been right, I'd have submitted to you because you're my father. Even if you were wrong, it was wrong for me to fight you because you're my father, you were the authority and I said I was wrong and I'm sorry. You didn't get it all right. Just go ahead and make your mind up. Let, let, and I say this all the time, but I mean it. Let I'm sorry earnestly be a word or a phrase or a statement that you practice in your life because most of the time you, 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 you had, it was just the grace of God that you, that you ended up where you did because most of what you were doing was wrong with the self gratifying, self-satisfying motive. I'm sorry. I didn't get it right. You didn't do it all right. You're still not doing it all right. 
And the fact that you can't admit it is proof. If you have children and they can't ever admit that they were wrong, it is proof that they're wrong. If you're married to someone and they can never admit that they're wrong, they are proving to you that they're wrong. It is proof because there is none righteous, no, not one. All of sin comes short of the glory of God. Here's the third thing. I want you to write it down. Number one, just because you did everything right doesn't guarantee that everything will be right. Number two, you didn't do everything right. Here's the third thing I want you to write down tonight. You're not producing what you expect. You are producing what you plant. The Holy Ghost gave me that thought this afternoon. You are not producing what you expect. You are producing what you plant. What do you expect from your wife, from your husband? What do you expect from your children? Well, I just expect them to honor me. I expect them to respect me. I expect them to listen to me. When I come home, I just, is it too much to expect? Yeah. <laughs> if you hadn't planted that, it's too much to expect. If you haven't planted that in their life, yeah, too much to expect. It would be like me going home and we've got them cows and, and they're Herefords, they're full-blooded Herefords. And uh, it would be like me saying, well, is it too much to expect to have a Brahmin cow out of one of these cows? Yeah, because there ain't none of them there. Is it too much to expect for my uh, uh, fellow planting some corn in our field, Megan's brother Jason planting some corn in our field. Is it too much for me to expect to have some pumpkins this go around? I want pumpkins. Fall's coming. It's September. I can fill it in the air. I don't want corn. I want pumpkins. Did you plant pumpkins? Then is it too much to expect? Huh? No? Yes, maybe. You're not producing what you expect. You're producing what you plant. What have you planted? Is it too much for me to expect? Is it too much for me to expect? I mean, I just expect we got married and you were going to listen to me. <laughs> you, you don't... You. <laughs> Have you been planting Bible truths and Bible principles? When I had this kid, I just thought they were going to honor me, really, like you did. I mean, not like you say you did. I mean, like you really did. I just expected. Again, you're not producing what you expect. You're producing what you plant. And we spend more time mad about what we're getting, but it was what we planted. The, 
this is, and I'll go back to point number one. You may have done it right, and it don't mean they don't have a will. You may, I, I've got two of them, and it's, it's up in the air what either one of them is going to become. They're either going to live for God and love God, or they're not, and I can't change that. And I understand that, and it scares me to death sometimes. I want them to, but I can't make them. I can make it be in their life, but I can't make it be in their heart. That's scary. But, most of the time, uh, we get what we planted. And the reason why we get that is because we're too busy doing something else to change what we were planting. Again, there's exceptions to every rule. I'm not going to deny that. I had a man come up to me the other night. I was preaching on the home in, in um, Powder Springs uh, a, a, a week or so ago. And uh, I was preaching on, uh, what's that message I, I preach? Uh, when when uh, David lost Absalom's heart, how to, how to win the hearts. Uh, and David lost Absalom's heart, and I was I was preaching, and a man came up to me with tears at the end of the service, and he said, I, I, "I'm one of them. I lost my son." He said, "And I I know it do it all right." He said, "But me and that boy's mama tried." Tears rolled down. He said, "I loved him then, and I love him now, and I don't know what to do." He said, "But we pray for him every day. Will you help me pray for him?" I said, "I will." I understand. Uh, there, 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 there are, there are exceptions, and and, and he did. He even admitted we didn't do it all right, but we wanted him. Our heart was right in the matter. We wanted him to live for God. There's exceptions, but again, you're not getting what you expect. Getting what you plant, you're getting what you take the time to instill. You're getting what you bring into your marriage. You're getting that. What what you want your husband to do? Are you that? What you want your wife to do for you? Are you that for her? Or how about this? Maybe it's a better statement. What I want her to be is not the same as she wants me to be. Right? No, I, here's what I need. All right? She knows it. I need you to tell me I'm the best looking fellow you've ever seen in your life with confidence. And I need you to tell me I'm the hardest working fellow you've ever seen in your life with confidence. I mean, don't, don't leave any room for doubt. And I need you to tell me uh, I love you you're great, you're doing a good job. And I'm like, yes, I am. Hallelujah, I'm gonna keep doing one too. You keep talking to me like that. I can talk to her like that. She's like, whatever, you're stupid. You mean I'm stupid? That's dumb, you're making stuff up. I'm like, no, baby, you're the prettiest woman I've ever seen in my life and you're such a good mom. She's like, oh, whatever. Like that's what I need, but that's not what I found out she needs. 
and I'm not trying to get all philosophical or, or psych, you know, psychology on us tonight, but, but, but that's not what, what all she needs, and she needs stuff like wash a dish. You want to love me? Put it in action. You, you're just talking nice to me, and I'm like, yeah, we're friends. You don't have to do anything for me. Just be like, hey, I really enjoyed your preaching. Yeah, you're one of my favorite church members too. I really prefer you above most of them. You can say that to her and she's like, you got terrible taste, bad judgment, I don't believe you. But you wash some dishes? She's like, he really does love me, don't he? Look, he's washing dishes. He brought home flowers. He cooked supper and he's washing dishes. You, 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 you're not getting what you expect, you're getting what you plant. And what, what I'm wanting, what I'm wanting to end up with, a marriage that I can enjoy, I got it, I want to stay that way, children that I, that I uh, can live with and enjoy and, and watch my, grand, my grandchildren come up, uh, I've got to understand that it ain't gonna happen by accident, but it's gonna take some work and I gotta understand the people that I'm living with. Hudson's just like me. Just like me. Levi, just like his mama. In a good way. I don't mean that bad. In a good way. Just tell Hudson, you're such a good young man. He grins from ear to ear and that's all he needed to hear. You tell Levi that, and he's like, whatever. Hey, let's go work on that. And then he grins from ear to ear. Let's go work on that. Let's. Um, you're not producing what you expect. You're producing what you plan. What, what do you want? Am I making any sense to anybody tonight? The product of a solid foundation. All right, let me give you these things and be done. And I've been talking about a solid foundation. A home that is anchored on the word of God. A home that is anchored on the will of God. A marriage that, that at its foremost forefront is centered upon let's please God together. How about it? Me and you, we said I do. Now let's please God together. Not me by myself or you by yourself or them by theirself. Let's me and you live for God together. That means I'm gonna have to be what I need to be. You're gonna have to be what you need to be. And together we can raise a family. Together we can serve the Lord. Together we can anchor ourselves to a solid foundation and build a life. You may not have the privilege tonight of doing that with someone. You may be single or your spouse may not be in church or they may not be a Christian, but you can do that in your own life. I want to plant the right thing so I can expect the right thing. A solid foundation uh, built upon the word of God gives us things 
or gives us attributes, maybe a good word, uh, that we can live with and upon. Number one, if, if, if I have a solid foundation, if my home is built upon the word of God, and, and, and by that I mean, and this, this is going to get a little tough, it's going to get a little tight. Dad is what God wants dad to be. It's been this way a long time, but dad has become one or two things. In, in today's society, they have made dad effeminate. Uh, sitcoms has made dad uh, an idiot, a buffoon. He's not intelligent. He's, he's, he's close to a monkey in your average sitcom. They've made dad foolish, and the children know it, and mom knows it, and dad's the butt of all the jokes. It's not right. I'm going to say that to you again. It's not right. And if as a wife you have bought into that, then why were you so dumb to marry the moron? You're as dumb as he is. He's not an idiot. He's father. He's the head of the house, and you ought to look at him that way. Sitcoms have made dad foolish and effeminate. That's not the Bible way. So there's one side of society that is pushing effeminism. He's just soft and effeminate, and there's nothing wrong with being soft-hearted. But he's, he's dumb, he's foolish, he's effeminate. Then there's the other side, he's disconnected. He's a man, but he's out with his buddies drinking a beer. He's out with his buddies doing his own thing. He's out with his buddies. He's, he's, he's doing all of these things that make a man a man, but he's disconnected. That's not the Bible way either. You're not, you're not the laughing stock. You're not to be effeminate, but you're also not to be disconnected. You're the father, you're the leader, you're the head. Be the head, be the father, be the leader. I'm gonna run that one by you again. You, well, she won't let me be. Please quit talking. Please quit talking. Be the head, be the father, be the leader. It's the Bible way. It's the Bible way. It's the only way that works. It's the Bible way. Well, if mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. I understand some of them things. I understand. I understand. Nobody wants to live in a home with a brawling woman. I under, that's Bible. I understand. I understand it can be difficult, but you went into that with an expectation, but you wasn't willing to do your part. And the reason you're in the mess you're in is because you've not been willing to do your part. Be a man. Be the father, be the head, be the spiritual leader, be what God has asked you, not asked, be what God has commanded you to be if you're gonna have a Christian home. Call it whatever you want, outdated, antiquated, old-fashioned, insane, I don't care. I'm not building a home that you'll be pleased with. I'm building a home God will be pleased with and that I can be pleased with. My wife children be the man that don't mean you push your weight around that don't mean you cuss everybody out that don't mean you bless God this is what we're going to do woman I'm a moron 
That means you lead. That means you pray. That means you love. That means you say, I'm sorry. That means you say, let's go to God in prayer. That means you be a leader she can depend on. Hear me now. That means you lead the family in going to church. You bring the family to an altar. If they don't go on their own, you go get all of them. Y'all come to the altar. We're going to pray today. You, you, as a father, you ought to sit in your pew and, and besides you getting help, you ought to be getting help, but you ought to look at your children and say, how long has it been since they've gone to the altar? You, you ought to look at your wife and say, I wonder how long has it been? It's my job this morning or tonight or Wednesday night. Come on, babe, let's go. We say, well, I don't, I don't think there's nothing wrong with her. I didn't say there was anything wrong in her life. But you're the leader. Lead. Lead to the altar. Lead in giving. Be on the lookout for your. Why does mom always have to be the one looking out for the kids getting in trouble? You, you, I understand, man. She's a helpmate. Y'all are working together. But you don't have spiritual discernment. You wait till your mama gets home. That's not even Bible. It's not Bible. Solid foundation. The man is the leader. The man is the head. The man is uh, in, 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 in God's order the head of the home. Uh, the wife is spirit-filled, spiritual, nurturing, loving, intelligent. Uh, surrendered to the will of God. When you got a home like that, the foundation is solid. People can come up in that and turn out all right. It don't mean they always will, but they got a better head start than they do if they don't. Let me just ask you just a straight up question tonight. This is not racist. This is not bigoted. This is not, let's just be honest. If your child, and I understand, man, we, we, we live in society and many of us, all of us in some way or another are affected by divorce and, I, and, and if that's been your lot in life, thank God for grace and mercy tonight. Thank God God can restore and rebuild and God can do and make and use. But which child has the head start in society? The one who lives in a home where a father and a mother lives and there's stability or the one who is growing up in the project somewhere and don't know who daddy is and mom's never home? Who, who's got the foundation? Now, the one grow up in the, growing up in the projects and, 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 and dad's not around, mom's never home, God's so gracious, God can make them and give them a solid home of their own. God can save them out of that. And the one who has it all can reject it all, leave it all, and end up worse off than the, than the fella growing up in a mess. But if we're gonna go on odds, it's the one with a home.
solid foundation that somebody worked real hard at producing. Men, I have felt, I have taken it on as my job to raise respectful children. Respectful. What'd you say? No, no, we don't talk like that. Speak up where I can hear you clearly. Yes, sir. No, I still can't hear you. Yes, sir. No, I heard you now, but you sound like you had an attitude. We're going to get this one right. Yes, sir. No, there's, there's, there's still an attitude in there. We need to go talk about this. You won't get it right. Respectful. It, it, it is my job to make men that can work. No, we're going to do something today. Yeah, come on, let's go do something. We're going to learn something. Well, I don't really like that. We didn't ask no questions. Are y'all hearing me? A home with a solid foundation. Number one, it'll bring into that home stability. Stability. If I love God like I ought to, if I'm living for God like I ought to, if I'm submitted to the will, I'm talking about the product of a solid foundation. If I'm living for God, if I'm submitted to God, if I'm surrendered to God, if I am, if I am uh, in the will of God as a father, then I'm treating her right and my children can see it. I'm treating them right and when I'm wrong, I get it right and they can see it. And you know what they grow up with? They grow up with what half of this generation is missing. They grow up with stability. It is a foreign concept for them to think that my dad wouldn't be here or my mom wouldn't be here, or that they don't love each other. Stability. Most of us have, uh, we're gonna get into some deep stuff if we're not careful and I'm trying not to. Just trying, just, we're just skimming the surface. And I'm nearly done. It's about, it's about getting done time and I wanna finish this. But most of us have, uh, Oh, what's the word? I'm having a loss for words here lately. Uh, a complex, a abandonment complex. The people who were supposed to love me walked out. The people who were supposed to be there checked out. The people who were supposed to be there were not there. So therefore, I trust nobody. You're going to reproduce that if you don't let the Holy Ghost fix that. Just you being there don't change that. You're going to have to let the Holy Ghost fix that because you can be there and be checked out. You're, You're waiting on the next bad thing to happen What if it ain't going to happen? Submit yourself to the will of God. Let God make you what you need to be. Let God cleanse your life, bring you to a place where there's stability in your life and that stability can be reproduced in the people's life who's coming up. Wouldn't it be something if our children grew up in homes 
where it was never even a question that mom's going to leave dad, dad's going to leave mom, and that God's not going to be here in his home. I think that's what church homes ought to look like. I don't care what they're doing out there. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. None of us are above failure. None of us are above falling. All of us could mess it all up tonight, but there ought to be some stability that this is what we are. This is who we are. This is what we do. And the reason why they know it's real is because they don't just see it here, but they see it at home. Hold her hand. Let them see you give her a kiss till they want to throw up. I mean, I'm not about vulgar, but you know, come here, baby, give me a kiss. Talk about her. Brag on him. I love your daddy. When he's not around, don't talk about how dumb he is. Well, baby, your daddy, he's just, he's an idiot. He's a man. And he's stupid. You're going to find that out. All men are stupid. You're destroying that little girl. He ain't an idiot. He's her father. He's the closest thing to God in her life. Outside of God. Well, I tell you what, son. Can't live with him. Can't live without him. Women's crazy. That's their mother. That's the heartbeat of their heart. Well, how do I deal with that kind of stuff? You can be honest. Baby, your daddy, he's a good man. He's a man. And what that means is he's just like me and you. He can be wrong. But he's got your best interest at heart. Build him up. Build her up. Some of you are the reason that your in-laws don't like your spouse. You're the reason. You spent the first five years calling mom and daddy talking about how much of a dog she was or he was and now you're good with her or you're good with him and you're mad because they're not good with them. And they forgot that when you were a kid, you were a devil. Because time heals all wounds. And all they remember is the good stuff. Well, I know she's got to be telling the truth because she was an angel when she was a child. No, you were a devil. Well, I mean, that's my boy, you know. I mean, he was, I mean, he had a problem here and there, but he was a good boy. No, he wasn't. He wasn't good. He gave you a fit. He was selfish. He was self-centered. He was deceitful. He would lie to you and look at you. Not my boy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I swear I, I shouldn't say it like that. I, I pastor some holy folks, I reckon, because y'all don't even, y'all just look at me like you don't even know what I'm talking about. Stability. 
product of solid foundation, sincerity. If what I got is real, then it's probably going to produce something that's real. And children see through the phony quicker than anybody in this world. Let me ask you tonight, is what you're doing real and is it real at home? It'll produce, if, if you have a solid foundation, it will produce people with a solid foundation. If you have a solid foundation, it will produce people as a rule that are sincere. If you say, I believe this, and then everything in your life is contrary to what you say, they know it. Your wife knows it. Your husband knows it. Your children know it. Your neighbors know it. Well, I see them get up and go to church on Sundays, but then the last three nights in a row, he's like cussed the dog and his wife. Sincerity. Not perfect but real. A solid foundation, it produces stability, sincerity. It produces simplicity. I need to say this, and it's going to come across as judgmental, and I don't mean it that way. But our child's, our children's lives have become so complex. Our lives have become so complex. I got to get this one over here to this one and I got to get this one over here to this one and we got to pass these back and forth and, and listen, if you're living in a mess that, that, that sin is created, God can restore, God can bring, God can do but if you're not there, submit yourself to the will of God so you can avoid the mess. Complexity. God let you live in some simplicity. If you'll be a spirit-filled man and you'll be a spirit-filled lady and you'll have a spirit-filled home, God, the Spirit of God, will, will let you know what needs to be in your life and what don't need to be in your life and not everything that you're doing needs to be in your life. You are making your life complex and really it ought to be pretty simple. I go to work, prepare to, to take care of my family. I come home I spend time with them and I do it again and I do it to please God and take care of them. That's pretty simple. You're the one who's made it complex because you think that they got to have everything that everybody else has got. Are y'all hearing me? And you're mad because you've got to run them all over the world to the 17 projects that they're involved in and really the only thing, only thing they need tonight uh, is just to know that you're interested in their life. They don't have to do all that, neither do you. You're trying to keep up with somebody. Simplicity. Here's the last one. We'll close out the thought. Solid foundation produces strength. Stability, sincerity, simplicity, strength. Maybe I could outline it a different way. I, I don't know. I need to get back to writing this. I'm trying to put it in a, some form of a book, fashion, so maybe some of this will change. Next time you see it, it may be different. This is strength. I'm, I'm closing.
I'm thinking of how to say this. There's no such thing as a perfect home. There's no such thing as a, and we say, well, I thought they had it all together. I'm shocked that it fell apart. Why would we be shocked? Because there were humans living in that home and all of us have tendencies to fall apart. But in fact, you can produce from your home a realness, a sincerity that is generational. Generational. Strong family. Somewhere back yonder, somebody made their mind up, as for me me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, we're going to live for God. And they believed it to the point that they raised kids up and they invested in them and those children grow up and raise people up and they invest in them and it's hard for them to break away. My, my dad, I love him. My dad got out of church when I was a kid. My dad rebelled against what his father was. And yet somehow... It was so ingrained in him, Bible principles, that even when he was not living in church and serving the Lord, he could not shake the Bible principles. They were that strong in him. And it, and it affected the way I dressed. There were things I, you know, I walk out of this house like, we're not even Christians around. I don't care what, I never said that, because I, but, I mean, what, what is your basis because I said, because it's in me and I can't get it out. No, you're not going, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going, you can, you can, are y'all getting what I'm saying? It is ingrained strength. Product. I'll say this again. You're not getting what you expect. You're getting what you plant. What are you planting? There's going to be a lot of things change in, in the course of our lives. If, if, if the 37, almost 38-year-old me could meet the 27-year-old me, I would say to that 27-year-old me, yeah, you're going to realize that some of that's stupid. If the 27-year-old me could meet the 17-year-old me, I would say, yeah, you're going to realize a lot of that stupid. I've changed. My mindset has changed. I'll tell you what, don't change Bible principles. How you apply them, what you think about them, all that may change. But the truth does not change. Let's, let's give our family, let's give our marriage a fighting chance and found it on the Word of God and let the Word of God be the source of our strength in our life. Lord, we love you tonight. We thank you once again. You've been so gracious and so kind. We love you. We bless your name. In Christ's name, amen.